Hey everyone, this is Danielle Gervino, and I'm the New York-based life and style blogger behind DanielleGervino.com. With a few successful years of blogging under my belt and a background in marketing and design, I'm taking you behind the scenes of the industry and sharing my tips and tricks for growing your brand. We'll chat productivity and design, social media, brand partnerships, growth, and more. I'm dishing out my honest, unfiltered advice and exclusive actionable strategies for monetizing your influence. This is Blogging Unscripted. Hi, guys. That was way too chipper. I'm usually not that chipper. Hi, everyone. Um, Okay, so we're on episode six of the Blogging Unscripted podcast. I'm super excited. Um, Again, that sounds way too chipper. I'm actually really tired. It's Sunday and I'm recording this. And I I had a pretty relaxing weekend, but I'm, I'm just tired thinking about that I have to go through a full week of work, which I'm sure those of you who work full time get it and understand the struggle. But here we are. So it's the next episode in our pitching series. And today we're going to break down some of the most important things to know about the actual pitch process. This is probably the question that I get most often. And it's probably the topic that gets requested the most from you guys in terms of what do you want to know? So we're going to go through a lot today. Grab a pen and paper because there will be some actionable tips and strategies that you might want to jot down throughout. And I do just want to reiterate that what I share with you today, obviously, and what I share with you really every week, it's not an end-all be-all. It's knowledge that comes from my background and my experiences. And of course, there are times where that might look a little different from yours. Instead, my goal is to plant some of the foundational seeds of what it takes to find success in this industry and to allow you to work with those foundations while making them your own. I'll never sit here and promise you that something's going to work because it might not. And let me tell you, if there is anyone out there making you promises about your own success, it's a load of bullshit because success doesn't come from someone else. And so I ask that you just kind of always keep that in the back of your mind. Also want to quickly address the elephant in the room that there has been a nice little three week break since the last episode. And I am so sorry for that lapse. I know that so many of you guys have messaged me like, what's going on? When When is there another episode coming out? And I really don't have a good excuse for you guys other than the fact that life got in the way. Um, unfortunately, I don't have all of my days during the week because I work full time to dedicate to my blog and my podcast. And so it's just been one of those months. And I feel like I've been honestly saying that for three months. I'm always like, yeah, it's just been one of those months, but it has. It's it's just been kind of a crazy start to the year. So hoping that I'm kind of going to settle in a better schedule just for my own sanity. But we'll see. We'll see what I say at the end of this month. So before we dive into all the content, I'm going to give you my spiel because I always do. I first want to say a huge thank you because we've had 40 reviews with a consistent five-star rating. And with only five episodes in, I've checked off some of my personal goals in terms of plays for each episode. And it feels really damn good. And of course, you guys are all responsible for that. So thank you, honestly. If you haven't yet, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and consider it the one small little teeny tiny favor that I'm asking in exchange for what I share with you each week. So I would so appreciate if you took the 60 seconds to hop on your phone and do that. I do also want to quickly note, as a few of you have pointed out, that 
my podcast intro lists my website as daniellegervino.com. Long story short, my domain transfer was supposed to be completed the week I recorded that intro. It's now March and we're still up and running on pineappleandprosecco.com. So if you're visiting daniellegervino.com and coming up short, that's why. Once the process is complete, if you visit the old site, you'll automatically be directed to the new domain. And that is hopefully after lots of work and roadblocks on the back end happening this week. But we shall see. No promises. There's also something else I want to get out of the way. And being completely honest, it's a bit of a tough topic for me to talk about because it just feels a little uncomfortable. So bear with me. I want to just start out by saying that the one thing that makes me feel most fulfilled is when another blogger reaches out to say thank you and that they really value my opinion and appreciate the honesty and being so forthright with the information I'm sharing. And I love that. I love being able to give that to you guys. And I love being able to connect with someone who's like, wow, that really hit home. And The one thing that you've undoubtedly heard me say so many times is that I really dislike that whole belief that sharing what it takes to be successful in this industry has to be a secret because it doesn't and it's not a secret. Hence why I created this podcast. I was finding that I was getting such an overwhelming amount of inquiries from other bloggers and that creating a space like Blogging Unscripted would allow me to kind of answer those questions in a bigger arena. And so here's what's tough for me. I work full time, happily but busily. I take on so many roles. I take on the role of editor in chief, social media manager, graphic designer, executive assistant to myself, stylist, accounts payable, brand outreach coordinator, all for my blog. And then we move into blogging consultant, where I'm constantly managing a few clients at any given time, podcaster, business owner of my little side project, Presets by Danielle. And I want to say the list goes on, and it probably does, but that's the gist of the list. And on top of this, I still field a ton of questions each day, asking for tips, tricks, business advice, growth strategies, etc. And so here's what I'll say. I am always here to answer quick questions, clarifications, etc. And beyond that, I've worked to kind of provide you with this podcast, monthly career-focused blog posts, a blogging resource library, which you can sign up for right on the blog, and our Blogging Unscripted Facebook group. So I've kind of like worked beyond all of your questions to give you these little outlets where you can keep absorbing that information. And while I would Honestly, and I I really say this honestly, while I would love to support all of you guys on a higher level, I have completely exhausted my time and my resources supporting both myself and my clients. So if you're feeling like you want more of out of what you're getting, like you want individualized, personalized strategies that apply to you, if you want to plan for your success, please realize that there has to be an exchange of energy on both sides in order to receive the best of the best. And so what I want to ask of you is that you respect the fact that I have to put a focus on my paid clients and I can't essentially write your business plan for you for free via an Instagram DM. If consulting is something that you want to learn more about and 
how I can dedicate my time to one-on-one. You can certainly learn more and we can chat. Um, If you do want to learn more, you can type the following link into your browser. It's just bit.ly slash blogger consulting. But really beyond what I'm sharing, there's not much that I physically have time to give you. And I have to say, honestly, my biggest fear is that after sharing that, you guys will feel like you can't reach out to me. But please know that this is not the case. I think we're all smart enough to be able to kind of differentiate between a one-off question or just like saying hi and wanting to connect versus a detailed, personalized strategy plan. So with that in mind, that was like a, a short spiel turned long. I just ask that you respect my ask on that topic. And um, I think we could leave that there. So ready to get into it? I want to today walk through seven important things that every blogger should know about the pitch process. So this is after your media kit and your rate sheet is done. It's after you have a good idea of how much you want to be charging when you get to that point. This is like that nitty gritty, like in the middle pitching. I'm, I'm like find, trying to find the word, like the um, meat, the meat of the pitching process. So I'll share some of my learning experiences and why I really believe that abiding by these seven principles is going to lead you in the direction of success. So let's start uh, with number one. Number one is it's important to establish a presence as an influencer first. I think one of the biggest mistakes bloggers make is wanting to dive into brand partnerships too soon and expecting a paycheck or even product, just expecting something in return right away. And now I am not saying here that you can't work with brands if you have a smaller audience because you absolutely can. And as I mentioned in our last episodes, brands are making that shift in their campaigns and looking for a wider audience that features micro-influencers, power middle, and macro. So there's there really is room for everyone. But what there isn't room for are bloggers who want to jump into a brand campaign before they even have a solid brand awareness of their own. This belief is not about follower count. It's not about page views and it's not about engagement rate. Yet it's about brand presence and what you've got to show for yourself as an established influencer. So what does that word established even mean? I feel like it means a lot of things, including having a blog up and running with your own domain name and maybe let's say like at least three months of content and consistent blog posts. It means staying up to date and active when it comes to your social media channels. It means having a track record of consistent growth and having organic engagement, just to name a few. And it's kind of like that saying about relationships where you where people say like you have to know and love yourself first before you can ever give to someone else. And if you think of that from a brand perspective, it makes a lot of sense. You have to know your brand inside and out. You have to know your audience, know your content, your niche, and your voice before you can ever sit here and claim with confidence that you're qualified to represent someone else's brand. Real talk. I see a lot of entitlement in the blogging community. 
And I get it. Honestly, I get why it exists because anyone can wake up one day and say, I want to be an influencer. We see bloggers who climb to over 100,000 followers in just a year, or we see bloggers from a tiny small town seeing a ton of success. And it is true that anyone can do it. But unless you've landed yourself a spot like on the next season of The Bachelor, or you've done something that has like thrust you into the public eye, you have to drop that notion that success is going to happen overnight because it's not. You have to lose the attitude of thinking, well, she has 2,000 followers and just did a paid sponsorship. And so I might have just launched my blog a month ago and still have a lot to go, but if our followings are the same, I should be able to land the same gig too. You you have to kind of drop that notion of thinking. My advice here is that you you have to establish your presence first. You have to know your brand inside and out. You have to feel truly confident in what you have to offer and that the content you're going to create for a partnership is truly going to be high quality work. And once you have that, once you know that you can come back and respond to that pitch email and really tell that brand why you think that you are the best for the job then you can start the thought of the whole process and you can start that thought of, okay, I'm ready to begin working with brands and sending out pitches. So moving on, the second thing that every blogger should know about working with brands is to have a killer media kit at your disposal. Now, I'm not going to go into this because our entire last episode was about this. If you missed episode five, which was called your guide to the pre-pitch process, media kit and rates, definitely go back and give it a listen. It's kind of like a precursor to this episode. So honestly, pause it here, go back and listen and then come back. Um, But basically, we go into lots of detail about what a media kit should look like, what are the non-negotiables in terms of what to include and what to leave off. And I also share some advice directly from the brand side in terms of what brands are looking for. So that's number two. Moving on to number three, be smart about finding contacts because if you're not, oh my God, it can take so long and it can get so frustrating. So the best thing that you can do when pitching to a brand is to find a direct contact. By going straight to the source rather than straight to a generic contact form, you have a much higher chance of landing yourself in front of someone who can actually help facilitate a partnership. I have learned to do things a little backwards when it comes to finding the right contact, and let me tell you, it is so worth it. So rather than starting on a company website, start on LinkedIn, aka like the brand rep goldmine. Search for something like airy public relations or free people social media and look first for titles with manager or executive and if you don't have any luck with those titles then simply reach out to whoever you can find connected with PR or social media for that brand. Chances are if they can't help they can certainly point you in the right direction. So the thing with LinkedIn is that LinkedIn is not going to provide you with an email, but getting a name is such a great start because from there, all you have to do is find the brand's email format. So what I mean by email format is, for example, is it firstname.lastname at company.com or maybe it's firstinitiallastname at company.com, et cetera, et cetera. So there are a few sites that I recommend for finding email formats, and most of these websites have an option where you can just sign up completely free for a capped number of searches each month. And so if you 
jot down these three, what you can do is you can kind of like bounce back and forth. And between all three, you will have more contact searches than you know what to do with each month. There will be plenty. So here are the three I recommend checking out. Number one, Zoom Info Community. It gives you 10 searches per month. Number two is Hunter.io. And that one gives you 100 searches per month. And number three is rocketreach.co. And like I said, I personally bounce between these three. And just to kind of like, it helps me make sure my information is accurate. And it ensures that I really have the best chances of getting through to a direct contact. And that should always be your number one goal, just to kind of like cut all the corners and get straight to the source, because that's going to be your fastest course of action. If you don't find what you're looking for with this method, all you have to do is you can head over to the company website that you're pitching to and check out the contact or career pages. Look for PR or social media relations specifically. And if you still can't find an email from there, try Google searching, for example, free people PR or a free people social media manager. And you'll most likely come up with something like PR at freepeople.com or social media at freepeople.com. Don't underestimate the power of Google, seriously. Um, if all of those attempts have failed, which honestly, they, they, they probably won't fail you. But if you're like really like on your last leg, and I've been here a few times where nothing's coming up, you can definitely give the generic contact us section on the brand's website a go and just ask them to point you in the right direction to someone in PR and social media. I feel like there's a lower chance that that's going to get you to the right person, but it's it's still an option. It's also important not to rule out social media. If you're having a really hard time finding the right person to contact, while I always recommend email just because it's the most professional means of communication, if you're if you're like really desperate and you really want to get in touch and you know that you can get someone through Instagram, then just do it. Send a direct message via Instagram or send a tweet to the brand and do not send your pitch by any means, but just say, "Hi, I would, you know, I would love to chat about working together. Can you um, point me in the direction of your PR or social media team or a the best email to contact? It can be something just short and sweet. So to close out this tip, once you find the right contact, don't lose it. Keep a running list. I use Google Docs and I list the name, the company, the email, and then some notes about our conversations. And you honestly never know when you might need that contact down the road. I have literally hundreds that I've came in contact with over the years, some that I haven't even worked with, some that have just reached out to me. So it's always good to just jot that down. And the reason I recommend Google Docs is because it's something that you can access anywhere. So you could literally, if you need something, you could pull it up on your phone, you could pull it up from a computer. So that's why I recommend that over like a Word doc or something that you have saved on your computer. Okay, let's move on. Next tip about the pitch process is pitching with a purpose. One of the biggest mistakes bloggers make when it comes to pitching is pitching blindly. Get yourself organized. So start by making a list of brands that you know will be a great fit for both your blog and your ideal reader and major bonus points if you also happen to love the brand. Now, there is a difference between making a list of all of your favorite brands, like all of the places that you've shopped for clothing and the brands that you really know are going to be a fit. You have to 
differentiate between those two. And so what I'm asking you to do is make a list of those brands that is a reasonable goal and that is a good fit for you and that you feel that you can be a good fit for them. So fun fact, I never used to pitch to brands because I was always so overwhelmed with the influx of emails I was getting and having to respond to. And many from many of these like from brands, I don't know why I'm saying brands in in an English accent. (laughs) Many of these from brands that I had no interest in working with, mind you. So looking back at it, it made no sense. It made no sense that I wasn't pitching. My pitch list have landed me, I'm saying it again, brands land, just just bear with me today. They've landed me partnerships with brands like Nordstrom, Kate Spade, Express, Steve Madden, to name a few. And believe me, taking the time to do this pitch list is it's worth it and it's important. Pitching with a purpose also means quality over quantity. And so instead of approaching pitching with the notion of the more generic emails I send out, the more likely I am of getting a few bites, approach it with the belief that if you pitch to say three to five brands each month, having done background research on the brands and understanding their overall mission, allowing you to write these carefully crafted and personalized pitch emails, not only is it going to come across as more genuine organic fit, but it's also going to help brands see your value as an influencer. Okay, so let's move on to number five, which is always personalize your pitches. Back in an earlier episode, I shared my most embarrassing blogging moment when I set aside a data pitch to a few different brands. Um, This was early on, like in my first probably six months of blogging. And I was using the same shell of an email with a few details changed around. So for each brand I pitched to, I simply hit reply on the last email and I changed who the email was addressed to. I edited some of the previous text and changed some of the details around. Well, for one email, I forgot to do that. And the company got both my email to them and my reply to a different company with the same exact pitch. And I literally still cringe thinking back to this. I was and still am and will always be mortified. So sending a personalized pitch, it kind of forces you to get to know the brand and do your research. And if this is a company that you really want to work with, put in the extra effort, girl. It's it's really important to do that. Think of the hundreds of emails that companies are getting each day and think about how you can make yours stand out. I recommend familiarizing yourself with the brand's mission statement and their aesthetic. Know how they run their social channels. Know what their brand image looks like and sounds like. All of this information is so valuable and it will help you. When I send a pitch email, I I always make it a point to include some kind of personal connection to the brand, whether it's a part of their mission statement that really resonates with what my own brand stands for, or maybe it's a recent collection that I've really admired and invested in on my own. I read a quote once. Actually, I didn't read it once. I literally read it as I was prepping for this episode. And it started with, I knew it in the back of my head, but I wanted to look it up. So I got it correct. So the, the quote starts with, human connection is the most vital aspect of our existence. And it's so true. In this industry, I think especially where authenticity can sometimes be hard to find, 
that genuine connection is really important and oftentimes can be the one that kind of sets you apart from someone else. So the sixth thing that is really important for bloggers to know about the pitch process is to get to the point. In episode five, our last episode, I shared a quote from a social media director in relation to your media kit. And she said, I'm looking for pertinent highlights, not your life story. You have a 50-50 shot of me actually reading through a one-page attachment. Keep it short, sweet, and relevant. Sell me. And the same thing goes for your pitch email. Last month, I was working with a client, and she did give me permission to share this. We were working on her pitch email, and the first thing I asked her was to pitch to me like she was pitching to a brand and send me, there I go again, and send me her exact email. So when I opened the email, this is what happened. I saw about five lengthy paragraphs, and you know what I did after that? Honestly? I closed the computer and said I'd come back to it later. Now, bear in mind, this was my client and someone I was working with to refine their pitch email. So, of course, I knew I was going to have to go back and comb through it. But the point here is that I took one look at the length of it and made the decision literally in seconds that I wasn't going to have the attention span to sit there and read it. And I just gave up. I closed the computer and I stopped right there. So imagine if I was a social media manager getting hundreds of emails in my inbox each day. Would I have read that one? Honestly, probably 95% chance no. And it's really kind of as simple as that. So I took this one step further for you guys and I asked my friend in PR what the most common reasons were for her and her colleagues moving a pitch email into the trash bin. And can you guess what came up at the top of the list? A long, drawn out pitch. So, okay, are you guys ready? Because I'm going to share some background behind the most asked question that I've gotten about pitching and it's what the hell do I say in my pitch email. I want to start by saying that I'm not going to sit here and spell out a perfect pitch for you because the, a perfect pitch doesn't really exist. Um, it depends on the brand. It depends on the blogger. It depends on like your brand and your background and so many different things. So I really don't believe in like sharing a end-all, be-all pitch template. That being said, I do believe in sharing a pitch format. And I think that if you have that format down, you can work with it and really create something awesome. So when you craft your pitch, take yourself back to elementary school and follow the intro body conclusion format. So it should be three short and sweet paragraphs. And when I say short and sweet, I mean short and sweet. So like no five sentences is not short and sweet. First up is our intro. Be clear about who you are and what type of blog you run. So a great way to do this is to include embedded links to your blog and your highest performing social channel. For many of us, that will probably be Instagram for the first time that you mention them in your email. So hi, um, my name is Danielle Gervino and I blog over at daniellegervino.com and at Danielle Gervino on Instagram, something like that. I also strongly believe in weaving your stats into this first paragraph because they're often the bait that people are going to scan an email for. And so this shouldn't really be a guessing game. Be forthright with your information. Don't make people have to work to find out who you are. And again, this goes back to like, Doing things to make it easier, like linking your blog, linking your social, putting your stats in there. 
spell it out plain and simple so they don't have a reason to go, well, I don't feel like looking this person up or typing in their blog name in a browser, so I'm over it. Moving on, next is the grit of your email, which is your body. And so in one to two sentences, what I recommend doing is telling your contact why you'd be a great fit for their brand and give, oh my God, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. Every time I say brand, expect it to be in an English accent and that's that. So for example, let's use Aerie as an example. So Aerie's pieces are a direct reflection of my personal style, which is why I think we'd be a great fit for each other. Furthermore, the brand's vintage-inspired style is something I know would resonate with my readers. I know that doesn't go with Aerie, but you know what I mean. Um, So it's short and sweet, but it's personal. You can tie in their mission statement. You can tie in their aesthetic. Anything that you can use to make that connection and to go a step further by giving an example of why you connect with it. Then we move on to the conclusion, which is the last little bit of our email. And again, this is short and sweet. So it's like not, it doesn't have to be rocket science and you don't have to beat yourself up over this. My tip for your conclusion is to end with a purpose instead of just saying something like, looking forward to hearing from you. Bye. So for example, you can say something like, I'd love to brainstorm some ideas and talk more details about how we can work together. Or you could say something like, I have some great ideas for a styled shoot that I'd love to chat more about. And that's it. You send it into the abyss and you hope for the best. But really, that's that's what you do, right? You You kind of like cross your fingers and you like sit at the edge of your seat and you wait for a response. So Give the brand a little bit of time to respond. If you don't hear back within a week, that's kind of like my marker is seven days. Think about sending a quick follow-up email and it can be as simple as forwarding on your original email and saying, just following up on the below. And here it's okay to include a looking forward to speaking soon. Thinking on the flip side, I can't tell you how many times I will be pitched to by a brand and sent the pitch email into my trash bin for whatever the reason may be and then hear back from that brand a second and sometimes even a third time at that point which I'll usually take a second and say huh this person's obviously persistent so let's see what they have to say so I've said this many times in this episodes but brand contacts they got hundreds of emails per day and oftentimes it's it's just a matter of your initial pitch email being overlooked it happens so don't forget that follow-up there have been a number of times where personally, I have finally connected with a brand contact and it was all due to a follow-up email. My last piece of advice here is that at the end of the day, know that you're not going to win them all and that's okay. So number seven kind of gets into our next topic, which we're going to talk about in our next episode, but I wanted to kind of start it off here. And our last tip is to fight for your worth, but be nice. And no, I actually don't mean fight. And yes, I am talking to you, disgruntled bloggers. And yes, I have been there too. Many brands see trading a product for a post, including photography, content creation, sometimes travel, editing, etc., as an even exchange. Okay, we all know that that's not an even exchange, obviously. I mean, some brands are just fing stupid. And while it can be very tempting, to write a scathing email back to those brands who want a three-part blog post, a three Instagram features, social shares, and the rights to your images all in exchange for a pair of shoes, 
it's not in your best interest. I've been there. I've been offended and I've been angry after receiving an outrageously irrational reply from a brand. And the best thing to do if you're tempted to let them have it is to step away and give yourself some time. That is the adult in me talking. That being said, it's okay to fight for your worth. Have a rate sheet on hand should a brand ask for it, but be willing to negotiate. If this is a brand you can see yourself working with, and I say if because if it's not, honestly, don't waste your time if it's not someone that you can see yourself working with. But if it is, instead of replying with, sorry, but I don't work for free, instead, Tell that brand why working with you would be a great fit for their brand and what a mutually beneficial partnership might look like. Always meet a negative response with a final plea, so to speak. If a brand outright says they're not interested, I'm definitely not saying to push it. But if they're telling you they don't have a budget, they most likely do. And if you can convince them that you're worth it, they might just find that they magically have room in their budget for a collab. I have a resource I'm going to share this week in the Facebook group about some of the responses that you can field those emails with depending on what the brand is asking. And so if you want to check that out, make sure that you join us over at bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on FB. That is the direct link to our Facebook group. And that's a wrap for our pitch process. That kind of seemed quick. So episode five, we covered the pre-pitch process where we talked all about media kits and developing your rates. And today we talked about the actual pitch process and like finding your contacts, doing your research, crafting your email. And in our next episodes, I'm unsure if I'm going to break this into one or two yet. So stay tuned, but we'll continue the conversation with all of the do's and don'ts about negotiation and then the best practices for when you finally land that brand collab. So I do want to move on to our Q&A. I have a handful of great questions from you guys that relate directly to today's episode, and I just want to take this time to elaborate on them a bit more. Little side note, if you have questions for an upcoming episode, I have decided, I've made an executive decision that the best way for me to keep track, and of course you can always DM me too, but the best way for me to keep track is in our Facebook group. What I am going to do and what I usually do is I'll post a topic thread a week or so before recording an episode to make sure that I either A, weave the questions into the episode, or B, answer them as a part of our Q&A. So keep that in mind. Um, You can join and you can even add your questions to this pitching thread over at bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on FB. So question number one comes from Jenna, and it's kind of a two-part question. So first part is, what is the best day and time to send pitches? And Second question kind of related is, are there certain times of year when brands are more likely to participate in collabs? So best day slash time, knock Mondays and Fridays off your list. Mondays are for catch up from the week prior and Fridays are when people usually have other things on their mind, like how many tequila shots they're going to have that weekend. So my personal rule of thumb is to pitch on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And this is something that I've also heard other bloggers say that they do as well. So it's kind of like a a general consensus 
And it's kind of like, I think of it as a time of the week where catch up and clutter is usually done. And it's overall just a time when people are more likely to answer an email. As far as time, I really don't think it matters. I mean, I personally tried to stay away from sending an email at two times a day, but this is just my preference. I I tend to stay away from the 11.30 to 2 window just because it's lunchtime and then the 5 o'clock p.m. on window. But other than that, I really think you could send it at any time. As far as times of year goes, holiday season is of course going to be the most saturated with campaigns followed by fashion week which happens in September and February. And something to keep in mind about these times of year is that brands are often booking their campaigns a month or months even in advance. So it's a great idea to pitch early for these seasons. And the same thing goes for like seasonal in terms of fall, winter, spring, summer pitches. Within the next few weeks, although we'll just be starting spring, most of the brands will have filled and planned their spring campaigns. I booked all of mine back in January, February. So if you're pitching in March, keep in mind the next season, which would be summer. Okay, let's move on. Question number two, this comes from Rhea and she says, I find that oftentimes my email goes into a spam folder and she shares how she reached out to her brand once from her domain email and they never got it. But then when she resent her email from a Gmail, they got it right away and they got back to her. So I did not know this when I first made my email, which is why it's info at pineappleandprosecco.com. Um, it will be obviously changing when I switch to my new domain and it will not be info, but it's important to stay away from formats like info at, contact at, hello at, PR at, general formats, and instead use an actual name. So Danielle at daniellegervino.com. There are of course, other factors that play into getting classified as spam, such as your IP address, your email content, um, and the list goes on. But I think avoiding those email formats will save you a potential spam flag. Next one is a really quick question, and it's do you show the exact amount of followers you have in a pitch email? So for example, like 10,345, or would you just put 10.3K? I always recommend the shortest version, and I would honestly even recommend rounding to the nearest thousand. So for example, if you had 14.6K followers, you could just put 14K plus. I think a lot of times that decimal can be irrelevant, and I don't, I mean, this is like really getting nitpicky, and I don't think it matters, but what I would personally do is I would shorten it up as much as I can. Last question comes from Mari, and she asks, how do you pitch when you have a small following? And then on the same subject, we have another question that says, can you outline more ways to spin a small following into a positive light so that the person you're pitching to takes you seriously? So I'm going to first tie this back to my first tip, which is the importance of having an established presence as an influencer first. Once you have done that, I totally get that it can feel daunting to pitch to a brand as a micro-influencer, even when you feel like you're 100% ready to do so. You have to put a spin on your strengths and convince that while it might not be a follower count that delivers, something else will. So this is going to look different for everyone. Your strength might be your high engagement rate for your following count. It might be your organic loyalty to the brand that you're pitching to. It might be a brand you've been wearing your whole life and, and talking about on your own for years and years. Or it might even look like the quality of your content 
I follow plenty of influencers with a smaller follower accounts who have been picked up by huge brands because the quality of their content aligns with, or in some cases is even better than what an influencer with 50 or 100,000 followers is delivering. Now, I think it's also really important to keep in mind that knowing your campaign objectives is critical because there's going to be times where you won't be able to meet them. For example, if a brand comes to you and says that their campaign goal is to drive a high volume of traffic to their website, that might be an instance where you simply can't deliver because you don't have that high volume of traffic yet. And I think there's something to be said about really knowing your brand inside and out and being able to accept when it's just not a fit instead of pretending like you can meet an unrealistic goal and ending up with an unhappy brand. So you really just have to know when something is a fit and when it's not. All right, we're going to wrap up here for today's episode. And if you still have questions, you can let me know by hopping into the Blogging Unscripted Facebook group one more time, bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on FB for Facebook. Or you can send me a DM over at Blogging Unscripted. And if you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget to come say hi. I had a few DMs from new listeners this week um, just saying hello and introducing themselves, and it seriously made my day. Um, and so don't be shy. Please come and say hi because I, I love talking to you. You don't have to come and like even – you don't have to compliment me. You don't have to say you love my podcast. Just come and say hi and say you listen and that you want to connect. Last but not least, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Danielle Gervino and at Blogging Unscripted, and I will see you guys for our next pitching episode. Chat soon.